Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning. If you're Dorcas, it's 9.40 in the morning. And if you're Victoria Purple, well, that's 8.40 in the morning. So adjust it for your time zone. Uh, if you ever miss any of these calls, you can always go back and pick them up on an application that's called Sound Cloud. Put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90. And these calls will pop up. They're archived back, and he's got them set up by year. So with that being said, you can actually um, go back and to the very beginning of when these calls were only Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So with that being said... For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with a teaching background, but a huge interest in both uh, health, nutrition, and exercise due to the fact that I had grandparents that had heart disease and diabetes, and I didn't want to go down either of those particular rabbit holes. And I came into the Tier 90 program when it first came out. Um, Part of my story is that because the supplements help balance out my hormones, I stopped getting migraines. Um, that's just my personal story. That does not mean that that's going to happen for everyone. I also didn't lose any weight for the first six months. I did, however, lose 20 inches. So, and I was already exercising at that point quite heavily throughout the week. So, Don't look at the weight on the scale because that isn't really a good indication of how healthy you are. It is checking those inches and the percentage of body fat. The TR90 program is that one really good meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks, 30 grams of protein at your meals, taking your supplements 20 minutes before a meal is really great. If you're not able to take it 20 minutes before, take it with your meal because it will still work. It's just not, it doesn't work quite as synergistically as if you can take it 20 minutes before. Drinking plenty of water. The current thinking right now is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds that you weigh. So if you happen to weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking at the very minimum 50 ounces of water daily. You need to stay hydrated. It helps with your sleep. It helps um, appetite control. It helps on multiple levels. If you're not up to the level where you need to be, start with wherever you are and slowly build up to it. You you can do it. It, And you can count like clear broths. Juices, I don't know that I would necessarily count towards your uh, water intake. You might be able to count any herbal tea that you might be drinking. You can count that um, as part of your total water intake. Getting at least 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise five days a week, very important. That's part of this program. If you're like Frank and Dorcas, you'll want to do it every single day because then you're less likely to get out of the habit of it, and I can definitely attest to that that is a really, I think it's a fabulous idea. 
if you're in some place where it's hot and humid or you're exercising very heavily, you may have to drink more than that two one ounce for two pounds um, of water just because you'll be losing water and you need to put that fluid back into your body. Making sure to get seven to eight hours of rest nightly. Very important. That does help your body reset on multiple levels and it helps your body clear out the toxins while you're sleeping. So again, that is really super important. Eating seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables and 30 grams of protein at your meals. And I believe that is the whole list of things that you need to be doing with the TR90 program. Today I'm sharing with you some information out of a book that is called Superfoods Health Style, Simple Changes to Get the Most Out of Life for the Rest of Your Life. It was written by Stephen G. Pratt, MD, and Kathy Matthews. It's got a lot of really great information in it that I find helps to support this TR90 lifestyle because it is a lifestyle change. It is not a one and done. And with that being said, um, I started talking about why it is why salt might not be such a good thing for all of us. So there are many reasons why hypertension rates around the world are soaring. For one thing, obesity is on the rise, and obesity contributes to hypertension. And we also know that the population is aging. And as we age, the likelihood of developing hypertension also increases. Indeed, since most adults develop high blood pressure readings that put them at risk for a negative health consequences, paying attention to your blood pressure and taking steps to control it, whatever your age is a wise move. Salt is a major hidden health menace to us and to our children. If you eat out, eat prepared foods and or eat fast foods, you're probably eating too much salt. We do know, uh, we do need sodium to live. It helps us to maintain fluid balance, regulate blood pressure, transmits nerve impulses, as well as helping maintaining the body's acid alkaline balance and playing a role in muscle movement. The average adult body contains about 250 grams of salt, enough to fill three small salt shakers. This salt is constantly lost through sweat and urine and replaced through the diet. The problem is that most of us are consuming far more salt than is required for healthy functioning. While the amount of salt the body needs daily depends on the circumstances, like exercise and climate, it is usually less than 500 milligrams a day. The typical American diet consists of 4,000 to 7,000 milligrams a day. Yes, they did say 4,000 to 7,000 milligrams. We know that a diet containing of more than 2,400 milligrams of salt a day is associated with higher blood pressure readings. And in fact, there's some evidence that the difficulties begin at a consumption of more than 1,500 milligrams of sodium daily. It's generally agreed by researchers that much of the rise in blood pressure that seems inevitable as we age is actually a result of a lifetime of overconsumption of salt. There is some disagreement among 
experts about an acceptable level of salt intake. For example, the Institute of Medicine in 2004 said that people under 50 years of age, 1,500 milligrams of sodium daily was acceptable, while the 2005 Dietary Guideline Advisory Committee said that for young adults, no more than 2,300 milligrams was acceptable. So even if these two important U.S. groups studying sodium cannot agree on the appropriate intake, it's no wonder that the public might be somewhat confused. Dr. Pratt thinks that we need to take our cue from the past. Since our Stone Age ancestors ingested about 813 milligrams, 813 milligrams daily, our genetic makeup hasn't changed much since then. It seems obvious that when it comes to sodium, the less, the less, the better. Unless you are training for or running a marathon or are physically active in hot human environments. The need for sodium above what you would consume in a whole foods, low sodium, superfoods, health style diet will rarely occur. Does salt affect, affect us all equally? No, it's true that some people who overuse salt do not, will not elevate their blood pressure. On the other hand, it's difficult to determine who is and is not salt sensitive. We know for sure that where salt has not been applied to the diet, there is virtually no hypertension. We also know that only in industrialized countries does blood pressure rise with age. You say you don't use that much salt and you figure your blood pressure is okay? That's the delusion that too many of us labor under until it's too late and we're either on medication or suffering serious health consequences. The truth is that most of us are eating far more salt than necessary, and that combined with obesity and the lack of physical exercise is putting our health at risk. The best way to reduce the salt in your diet is to read labels for salt content and avoid fast foods. Many fast foods are loaded with salt for, the reason, for that reason as well as the fat in those foods. They should be avoided. People are often surprised to discover how much salt there is actually in prepared foods. Here's an exercise. Take out a bottle of salad dressing in the refrigerator and a box of any processed food in the pantry. Macaroni and cheese or taco seasoning or even salad croutons. Check the sodium content on the labels of these foods. Remember that you're aiming for less than 1,500 milligrams of sodium daily from all sources. Chances are that the labels will reveal that one serving of both the salad dressing and the prepared food will put you over the limit. Two tablespoons of wishbone Italian salad dressing, for example, has 490 milligrams of sodium and Stouffer's macaroni and cheese has 1,100 milligrams in a nine-ounce serving. Add to those numbers the salt from the other sources in your daily diet, and it's easy to see that you could be going well over the healthy limit every single day. 
So here are some tips to get the salt out of your diet. Re-educate your taste buds. If you crave salt, <clears throat> excuse me, if you crave salt, your taste buds have become used to very salty foods. By gradually cutting back on salt, after a few weeks, you'll find that heavily salted foods will lose their appeal. I can attest to that. I have a friend that likes to really oversalt stuff, and it's like, ooh, too salty for me. Avoid bottled salad dressings or look for ones that are low in sodium. Make your own dressing with extra virgin olive oil and balsamic vinegar and fresh herbs. If you use dressing in a restaurant, request that it be served on the side and use it sparingly. Um, C.J. Johnson's tip for that is actually have it served on the side. Dip your fork just the very edges of the fork into the salad dressing and then into your salad. And you'll still get the flavor, but you won't be drenched in all that excess salad dressing. Remove the salt shaker from the table. Try salt substitutes like Mrs. Dash and Veget. Avoid salt when cooking or reduce the amount called for. You can use less salt in most recipes without anyone noticing. Avoid processed meals, meats, and deli foods as they are high in sodium. Check all canned foods and processed foods as well as frozen dinners for the salt content. Look for low-sodium canned tuna and salmon. Home water softeners can add considerable amounts of sodium to your drinking water. Consider using bottled water for drinking and cooking if your household water is high in sodium. So here's some other reasons that you might want to shake that salt habit. Sodium increases urinary calcium loss. Although the literature is mixed, there is data suggest, to suggest that the high salt intake may be related to the loss of bone mass and osteoporosis. High salt intake may have an adverse effect on lung function and asthma symptoms. Salt may promote the formation of kidney stones. High dietary salt may lead to higher infection rate of the Heliobacter pylori, the bacterium that causes stomach ulcers. High salt intake seems to increase your risk for stomach cancer. It also seems to be associated with insomnia and preeclampsia of pregnancy. So those are just some interesting thoughts to keep tucked into the back of your mind. And the terms salt and sodium are used interchangeably, but they are not the same thing. Sodium is an element that joins with chlorine to form sodium chloride or table salt. Sodium occurs naturally in most foods, and salt is the more common source of sodium in the diet. So while sodium and salt are not the same thing, sodium does bind with chlorine to cause sodium chloride, which is salt that we put on our food. And with that, I think we've reached the end of our time for today. I am going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. Let's see. There we go. So there we have it. Beware of salt. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. I don't salt anything anymore, although I must say the odd times when I, like, have a frozen 
um, shepherd's pie or something like that. Yeah. We looked at the salt. It's high. Well, <laughs> and, you know, once in a while it's not a bad thing, but too much all the time could be quite disastrous. Yeah. So, oh, I agree. Me too. <laughs> so it's it is a process of reeducating. It is a process of reeducating those taste buds because when my husband had high blood pressure, we started cooking with significantly less salt until I wasn't putting hardly salt in anything, and yeah, it does it does make a huge difference. Yes, and you know yes. what? Then your your foods taste better. I I noticed without the sugar, not eating a lot of sugar and salt, then the vegetables, like even cucumbers, taste sweeter. It's crazy. Yeah, they 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 really their flavors start to shine on your palate. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, three minutes to the top of the hour and once Facebook Live will be happening then on One Team Global and they, one of our wonderful leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new skin business and I'm going to wish everyone a wonderful day and I'm going to hop off and get ready for the rest of my day. Take care everyone. Thank Have a good you. One. Have Thanks. a good day everybody. You too. Bye. <laughs>